afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Life podcast with Frankie Val in the basement and Beans. <laughs> um, Frank, reminder for everybody, Wednesday, we have uh, Attorney General from Missouri, Andrew Bailey, joining the show for the first half hour. Oh, well, that just sounds delicious. And I think we're going to do potentially a space on Tuesday with him. So if you're around for that, hop on in Tuesday afternoon to Twitter space. Hey, uh, is it practical to do like to syndicate live show audio? Oh, no, no, no. You already you already do the Twitter streams. I don't I even know how you can. Okay. Because you have to use your phone. It doesn't work on devices. So you have to use your phone. So I don't even know how you could stream. Like there's no good way to do it. All right. Yet. Yet. Um, all right. So we've got a That would be a pretty good way to take calls, though, no? If there is a way that, hey, you can you can call into the show via Twitter spaces. You pull somebody in. Uh, it, it, I, oh, man, I got to write this down. That'll be Somebody be would have to start a listener space during the time you're streaming the show. Oh, yeah, I would have to do it. Or the, the, whoever the host of whatever show would do it. That'd be interesting if you can... Because then I would actually... have to, if I did that, I would start a Twitter space or an X space. I would mute my microphone and then take speakers up. And how would I get the audio into the show? Play it off my phone? I don't know. I don't know. But what it's, it does, it's not, I mean, the, the fact that all this exists in the first place, um, I, I think it would be easy. We'll see. I think it's on the horizon. They that, have to. They have a, to up, update their features just a little bit first, and then then it'll be fantastic. I so, yeah. But then then we'll do it. We'll have a space every every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um. So Julie Kelly, of course, has been all over January sixth stuff. I mean, just stellar reporting about all of it. Um. She had been granted access to this footage, Frank. All the footage that nobody else could get their hands on. Julie Kelly was one of the journalists who was able to view that and, you know, work on it. She put out a, a Substack. It's actually one of those cops that's been running around saying how he was going to die. He was injured. He's retiring from the, the force. He can't handle the pressure and the stress from it all. You know, whatever. His name was uh, Aquilino Gonnell. He, she says, for two years, he was off the job or on partial duty, insisting the severe physical and mental injuries he sustained on January 6th, prevented him from doing his job as a federal law enforcement officer. And he was on, he was in the hearings, like he was everywhere, this guy. Well, the video that was released begs to differ. Here he is walking in. I'm going to put it full screen so people could see. He walks in. There's somebody on a stretcher. I don't know who this is. I think it might be. They're giving compressions to this person. But he's over here on the left with the gas mask on, takes it off. He's fine. And the other footage in this uh, compilation also bears that out. There's no visible injuries on him whatsoever where he claimed he was beaten to a pulp. It was all just propaganda for everybody is what it was. Just a ton of propaganda. Yeah, but he, but he got a, he got pinned by Nancy Pelosi three days later, though, no? <laughs> When Nancy Pelosi handed out her challenge coins or whatever the hell. The only good challenge coin is this one. <laughs> What's that? It's the Dark to Light challenge coin. 
<laughs> I got some challenge coins over here, actually. There was a time people were sending me challenge coins. I got like six or seven, and then they stopped coming. I want more. Send more coins. Send more challenge coins, friends. I don't know. Oh, so everybody in the chat saying that that's Roseanne Boylan on the stretcher. And now and on the floor. And she lost her life, no? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and then we move on to, so she, she, I'll link the sub stack for everybody, but the guy's a liar. Like this is just, everybody's been utilizing this for propaganda and for nonsense. Um, Brandon actually came out with something last night. Hold on. I didn't have this planned, but it just stoked my memory because everybody's saying how, um, hold on, bear with me. While, while Tracy's looking this up, just for everybody inquiring, this is a plastic bag it's it's just it's just a piece of plastic it, it, these, i had to bring more stuff down i saw it too <laughs> yeah it's floating because it, we have an oscillating fan going yeah it's like it's one of those used car men <laughs> yeah just deal with it yes so koi griffin first american since 1869 to be removed from elected office for insurrection he was a duly elected county commissioner in New Mexico who received a misdemeanor trespassing charge for being outside the Capitol on January 6th. They tried to have him recalled, but his constituents voted to have him remain. Then the Protect Our Democracy zealots didn't like the way the voters voted, so decided to subvert democracy by using the courts to have Griffin labeled an insurrectionist and removed from office under the 14th Amendment. I and DOJ for being at the Capitol on January 6th. Griffin never entered the Capitol and never engaged in any violence, vandalism, theft, or destruction. But he was charged with two misdemeanors, entering restricted grounds and disorderly conduct. Griffin went to trial and was acquitted of disorderly conduct, but convicted on the trespassing misdemeanor. A nonprofit organization called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW, Always sued cool. to have Griffin removed from office for violating the 14th Amendment to the Constitution by engaging in insurrection. CREW claims to be a nonpartisan watchdog group. Their website looks like this. It's all anti-Trump highlights and, and, and clips. All, all of them are, are anti-Trump, actually. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look Crew is funded by George Soros's Open Society Foundations and singer Barbara Streisand's Streisand Foundation. That's Even though Griffin was acquitted of having any participation in the riot, a New Mexico... So they took him out of office using insurrection, and now they have a template to use for uh, anyone else they want to take out of office using, quote, insurrection. Like, I don't know, the former 45th president of the United States, potentially. Julie Kelly is convinced that they're going to put him in jail and hold him. Uh, listen, I I am not writing anything off. I just think that when you throw this much spaghetti up against the wall, at least one strand is going to stick. I think, I mean, it's just a numbers game. Now, the, the real problem is, I, it's so obvious it is a game, it's an assault, but the real, the, it's so obvious to me and everybody else, I think, in this chat room and, and beyond, but that that's the most disturbing thing about this is when you have these tweets, when you have these people who enjoy, um, when you enjoy 
watching the assault that you can actually sit back and say, oh, look at look, Barack Obama, zero, I, I, zero felonies. So Joe stupid. Biden, zero felonies. Uh, Donald Trump, 74. Oh, don't talk about law and order or whatever. Like this is you, you don't see that this is part of like they're they're nuts. So to think that they're not going to find 12 people to give this guy at least one three years in jail. Yeah, I, they but she thinks not that he'll be convicted, but I mean, everybody thinks he'll be convicted of something just by the sheer nature of the crap that's going on. She thinks they're going to hold him pre-trial. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think they will. I don't. I don't think they will. But she she is pretty damn convinced that they will. So we'll see what plays out. Gosh, I can't even. The next column that I wanted to talk about today is, um, it's interesting the way that they position this. It's, it's hysterical to me, actually. Just a little slight propaganda in the morning, some slight deflection and distraction for everybody. Young conservatives buy into, quote, identity politics, a shift from Republican focus on free markets and small government. Republican students at a recent convention seem to revel in the fight against a dominant liberal culture. Spend a day with young conservatives and you may find that they don't have much to say about the U.S. economy. Their current priorities, social issues like abortion and transgender rights, could be a signal that the modern conservative movement is moving away from its traditional messaging focused on free markets and smaller government, at least one political scientist says. Many of the young people attending the National Conservative Student Conference this week in Washington, D.C., said the health of the economy was not a burning issue for them. The event, hosted by Young America's Foundation, an organization that calls itself an outreach organization of the conservative movement, features speakers like Newt Gingrich. But the highlight, I mean, the headline versus what they're saying are completely two different. Just because young people are realizing that we need to get a handle on the culture war doesn't mean that, you know, Republicans aren't focused on the economy and free market anymore. It just means that we see that culture is a pressing thing that we need to get in front of now and young people are the ones to do it. Oh, the Republicans don't care about free the, the, the small small government anymore. Hey. It, it, yep. Listen, it, it is a it is an issue though. It, it's it, it and it's in the same category of the having that question: Does the right have a feminism problem, just like anybody else? We, yeah, and, and yep, yep. It's, I mean, we it's an Overton window thing, and it's true. It is true, man. I mean, even when we think that we're getting a win, we're still playing in the left's arena. Like we're not. No, everybody's. Whenever you talk about needing to fix social security and medicare you lose that hasn't changed for decades though frank oh no de- no decade multiple decades nobody Since wants it to started. touch that, that... <laughs> so it's the same I mean, way it's... it's the same way as now lindsey graham is saying he's working with pocahontas to start a new um bureaucracy within the federal government a new federal regulatory commission to to regulate and police big tech we don't need any more bureaucracy, you dumb moron, okay? Lindsey Graham should just go away somewhere. I want him to go away. He He's he's terrible for everything that he's... Yes, let's hand them more power. Oh, there wouldn't be more than three people from any political party on the committee. I'm sure there would be no 
backroom shenanigans and buy-offs and payoffs in this committee either. It would be completely, the commission would be completely, completely unbiased, Frank. There would be no lobbyists taking them out on vacations or anything. It would be, it would be fine. We'll just hand it's the just, government a more, more, more power to regulate big, like. Well, I, I heard, I heard uh, Mitt Romney's, uh, Mitt Romney's, uh, his uh, opinion. I, I forget what session it was in. They're talking about speech. Uh, he and and Rand Paul had a little exchange. Mitt Romney's talking about um, the uh, once again, just in that same that same vein of there's always exceptions to speech. I mean, I remember this freak from your state, um, Lindsey Graham. It might be about 10, 12 years ago at this point. He's always been saying stuff like this. Free, he said on television one time, uh, you know, free speech is a, a wonderful idea and blah, blah, blah. But where's the Mitt but, Romney and I think thing? The but at that point was, but we're in a war. Oh, of, co- of course, because the Constitution is always suspended when we're at war. And if Lindsey Graham had his way, we would be fighting a war in every country on the planet right now. If he had his way. Do you have the Romney thing? Can you find it? The Hold on. I, I can find it. Awesome. So it says here, um, <laughs> Lindsey Graham says, well, let's start here. Warren's office noted that President Biden during a State of the Union address in February had called for the passage of bipartisan legislation to stop big tech from collecting personal data on kids and teenagers online. Now, this was the TikTok bill. Lindsey Graham was on Fox News, got confronted with what the TikTok bill actually was, which was a dystopian Orwellian piece of legislation far worse than the Patriot Act ever dreamed or aspired to be. They got so much pushback on it, he had to quash it and put it away. He clearly didn't even know really what was in it or couldn't defend it when he was like cornered on television. And now... Here we go. We've got Mitt Romney back. Let's see. And now he's trying to make something else in its place. It's almost how they got rid of the disinformation governance board and wanted to replace it with something else. Let's see what they have to say. Oh, it's 10 minutes long. The reason is, in my view, it's it's overly broad um, in prohibit. What do you think? Where is it? Well, well, I mean, I mean he, he's getting I think that his. I didn't see a 10 minute clip when I had watched it, but maybe the the crux of his argument is right there in the beginning. Okay. Any employee of the federal government from cajoling or arguing with a member of the media about a story. Um, uh, employees of the federal government have First Amendment rights, too. This is it. That's, uh, and if- that. But the, see, see there right there. Uh, it's too broad. It would prohibit somebody. From, this is not about an employee of the government or a somebody who holds some kind of a and uh, an an office holder in one bureau or agency or another being brought you know in a public setting talking. This is about back room censorship requests. This is about undetected in uh, undetected um, you know abridgments to our ability to speak in public. Even in the most minuscule of ways, you know, most people who go out and say something controversial or offensive on the Internet are, are what, seen by dozens of other people, the mere dozens, if that, you know, so the fact that they're uh, that they're making sure that people are not even 
are not even afforded the most minuscule of opportunities to be heard by who, really? I mean, you know, it's one thing to have someone like an Alex Jones or anybody who has a, a social media imprint of millions get taken away from public view on a plethora of of spaces. But most people who were taken off are people you, you never know their names. Yeah. And, and you know, it's the it's the chance, Frank, that they could be picked up by somebody like Renee Duressa at Stanford Internet Observatory has this whole big thing about how tweets go viral and how posts go viral and all it takes is this network of bigger people to see what they say and say oh that's interesting so you can't have the everyman with a microphone it would be devastating to them so what Mitt Romney's talking about here is the injunction that Missouri v Biden judge Terry Doty put in barring the government from cooperating or, or pressuring social media companies to censor speech we're going to go back to it though it's going to be good I can tell it's going to be good if uh, let's say President Trump or President Biden uh, disagreed with something that was going to be written about them, this would make it a crime for them to call up the social media company and say, that's a lie. Take it down. You're this is outrageous. That's not censorship. Censorship is when the government shuts something off. This is arguing to try and convince someone else to set it off. And oh, that's the right oh, people have, whether okay. they're in government or outside of government. Okay. Uh, obviously, there are places where people go over the line and, th and make threats yep. and suggest you're going to lose your license if you don't do the following thing. That, if, if it's narrow enough to be defined in that kind of way, I'd be happy to take a look at it. But to say oh, that he hasn't even no taken a look at it yet is what he's basically saying. God, I hate this guy. I'm telling you, my disdain for this idiot started way back when he ran against uh, Ron Paul in the primary. What a loser. Well, yeah, no, he's he a big-time loser. Didn't he strap his dog to the back of his car? It it was, um, he, they did the, the it was, was it the dog on the roof? Yes, yes. The dog on the, dog on the roof, and, and of course, the stupid things like women in binders. I have a whole binder full of women. <laughs> that that old Thank thing God. that people tried making into something. I mean, there was some stuff that was just. I don't even. Fun. I don't even know if he would have been president. If it would have been any better than Obama being president, to be honest with you, he was the uh, founder of socialized medicine in his state, in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, he was the governor there. No. Yes. Carpetbagger. Off we go. Well, I'm gonna go to Utah and be a senator forever and have 80 wives. Sorry. Government. From the president on down to the millions of people who work in the government can speak with a social media company or a legacy media company and express their point of view that an article is wrong or that an avenue they're going down is wrong. That would shut off free speech on the part of the, That's not the, the administration and power. what it says. Maybe you should have taken a look at it. Do, you, do we play that clip of that guy who walks around the car? Just look at it. Take a look at it. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Do. Reminds me of that. Or, or, frankly, employees that have nothing to do with one party or the other. So, it, in my view, it's a piece of uh, it's an amendment that is overly broad and hasn't considered what's going to happen when there's a Republican administration Ooh. that wants to argue that the media is saying crazy things about him. Um, wh no, what? Well, this, see, he makes it sound like a president or a press secretary would never be able to go and dispute a claim right. in front of a podium. Like, I'm not allowed to speak anymore because... They have the biggest bully pulpit out of anybody in the world. Just, he, so he, you know, the misrepresentation, when they misrepresent things like this, that just 
that's just evidence to the contrary as well. I mean, it's just like, just like when they when they uh, when they uh, censor people for talking about, I don't know, stolen elections, doesn't really make you feel like the elections were on the up that and up, legitimate, right? Yeah, it's like what Kamala no Harris. Better- did to DeSantis about the uh, the curriculum that's going in in Florida. Like, th- they just completely misrepresented everything in there. J- this, oh, they still, they still say, how many times a day don't. they still say, don't say gay bill. Yep. As if that's actually the title of the bill. And it's just something they made up as a straw man for, for what is essentially uh, a, a very specific f- uh, form of prohibited action that, that, that does not allow sexually explicit materials to a certain age. I know it's like eight or something. I mean, it, it, you're going to argue. You have to brought when you have to broaden things like that to create a straw man. What are you really trying to do? Get seven and six year olds to learn how to give blowjobs. That's all it is. Sorry. It's just blowjob <laughs> tutorials. <laughs> it's Monday morning. <laughs> anyway, here. Uh, that makes it would make it a crime. Uh, to do so. Even the press a secretary crime. responding to a question uh, saying, no, that's wrong. You guys have got that wrong. Well, that would violate the law. I mean, it, it, um, uh, it, it just hasn't, in my opinion, this amendment is far too broad uh, and, and, uh, uh, and, and therefore should not be uh, accepted. Senator Paul. The First Amendment really isn't about protecting the speech of government workers. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. It's about limitations on government involvement with speech. It doesn't say that where you're employed that there might not be regulations of what can be said. Every employee of a private company knows you can't run in the office and say your your boss stinks. I mean, there are limitations on your speech based on your employment, and they have nothing to do with the First Amendment because the First Amendment doesn't have really to do with employment. The First Amendment has to do with Congress shall pass no law. So if Twitter says bad things about me and puts up bad things and takes my down, I have no recourse against Twitter. Same with Facebook. I'm mad. I hate that YouTube has taken my speeches down. I don't do business with them anymore um, because I think they're bigoted, biased, and, uh, and, and wrong-headed on this. But as far as threats, what we do know from the Twitter files is that the government was making threats. We also know this from the uh, depositions in Missouri versus Biden. The threats were, if you don't do this, uh, there may be antitrust action against you. These were overt threats, and this is what's going to make this case so strong. When this gets to the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, the free speech... Well, we know that Rand Paul is going to disagree with everything that idiot just said, so... Yeah. Because he, you know, actually knows what the Constitution says, and... You can't threaten. That's what it says. That's what the injunction says. You cannot threaten social media companies to take things down or collude with them, telling them what to take down. The Constitution also says it is illegal to be a loser. I wish it said that. We'd get rid of a lot of people real fast. Oh, Um, yes. There's problems in Michigan if the indictments against those uh, faithless electors wasn't any indication um, allegedly, we have we have um, Matt DiPerno potentially being indicted here for what he did in Antrim, Michigan, which was one of the only cases that actually went anywhere in the 2020 election uh, cycle at all. Um, attorney Stephanie Lambert says she's been indicted. 
in Michigan, and she worked on this as well. But I can tell you that I've been informed that I've been indicted. We've received no paperwork, um, and, and that's where the proceedings are at at this point. Okay, so uh, can, I, can I press on you a little bit on this? Is, is, is Matt DiPerno being indicted too? Is there, I mean, I know that there's other people that are being pressured. I'm only going to speak about myself and the misrepresentation of the law from DJ Hilson. Okay. Um, DJ Hilson misrepresented important statutory and constitutional law and failed to advise the court and grand jury of the applicable law and misrepresented the law to the court and the jury. So it's another one of these, we're just gonna tell them whatever we want and hope for the best and then have a grand jury indict somebody on something that really wasn't a crime. They, the, What they're basically alleging from what I gather is that these people accessed machines and they shouldn't have ever been able to, but they had permission to do it. So, so, so the, the clerks of the election said, yes, here's our machines. You can come on in and take a look. They did. And now they're being indicted for doing so. And that's what's this. It's just going to get worse and worse. It really is. Like yesterday when this next story first came out, I was like, they're not even showing any appearances anymore. They don't even care what we think at all. But it ended up not to be this Hunter Devin Archer story. Did you catch this yesterday? No. So yesterday there Miranda Devine put out a tweet. The DOJ is trying to arrest Devin Archer ahead of his bombshell testimony Monday about the um, about the Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's Ukraine businesses when he was VP. U.S. Attorney in the Southern District Damian Williams issued a menacing letter on Saturday telling Judge Abrams to order Archer to go to jail immediately to serve a one-year sentence for his fraud conviction. And it says... In light of the foregoing, the government respectfully requests that the defendant be ordered to surrender at a date and time determined by the court to a facility designated by the Bureau of, Bureau of Prisons to commence his term of imprisonment. Got him all right. The government has conferred with counsel for the defendant about the request and asked the counsel to propose a date for the defendant's surrender. Now, none of what is in this letter is what she tweeted. None of it. And I guess nobody read it. This is a standard letter. Now, we can argue about the timing of things. Why put it out on the Saturday before his testimony? But nowhere in here did the DOJ say he needs to come in before his hearing on Monday and be arrested and, and put in jail. It doesn't say it anywhere. Then, after the internet blew up on this and everybody lost their minds... The SDNY issued a clarifying letter saying, to be clear, the government does not request and has never requested that the defendant surrender before his congressional testimony. They had to clarify it because everybody took it and ran with what she had said, but it wasn't what they said in, in that. So then Matt Gates went nuts. Two members of the House Judiciary Committee are now calling for lawmakers to return to Washington for an immediate emergency hearing on the DOJ's interference with congressional oversight. Mike Johnson is an elected member of House leadership and one of the brightest attorneys in the House. This is all because Hunter's problems and Joe's problems merge with the testimony of Devin Archer. Time for action right now. Again, I don't know what happened here, but that's not what what happened. And then here's Comer on Maria Bartiromo yesterday talking. I think I believe he talks about this. 
I want to ask you about your investigation, but first, let me get to this breaking news. I have in my hand a letter from the Department of Justice that was sent to the Southern District of New York on Saturday. Uh, by the way, Devin Archer is testifying on Monday. Do you ever see, do you usually see the DOJ send letters like this out on a Saturday? Never, never. This is the first time I've ever heard of the Department of Justice doing anything on a Saturday. So what is this letter? Can you walk us through it? Uh, the government is uh, apprising the court of the status of Devin Archer's appeal of his judgment of conviction, and they request that the court set a surrender date for the defendant to report to a facility. Uh, please walk us through what this right. letter says. Yeah, the letter from the Department of Justice is uh, trying to nudge the judge to go ahead and uh, sentence Devin Archer. Uh, for uh, something unrelated to what we're going to be talking to him about tomorrow. Uh, it's odd that it was issued on a Saturday, and it's odd that it's right before he's scheduled to come in to uh, have an opportunity to speak in front of the House Oversight Committee and tell the American people the truth about what really went on with Burisma. So, you know, I don't know if this is a coincidence, Maria, or if this is another example of the weaponization of the Department of Justice, but I can tell you this. The lengths to which the Biden legal team has gone to try to intimidate our witnesses, to coordinate with the Department of Justice, and to certainly coordinate with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee to encourage people not to cooperate with our investigation, to encourage banks not to turn over bank records, to encourage Treasury not to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. It's very troubling, and I believe that uh, you know this is uh, another So... I mean, is it weird that the letter came out on a Saturday? Yes. But here's what I'm thinking if I'm Devin Archer. I'm going to jail for these people. I'm going to jail for the Biden family. They didn't help me at all. They said I was a part of the family. They completely discarded me. I'm going to rot away in prison for goodness knows how long. Time to come clean. I'm not going to let these people walk and skate out of this when... I was basically working at their behest the entire time. I'm going to go talk to Congress and tell them what I know. The DOJ says, just like they threatened the IRS whistleblowers, they say, oh yeah, okay, we're going to sentence you, all right. We're going to do it rapidly. No more of this, you know, walking around a free man. Let's get this show on the road. And then wow. you, if you're Devin Archer, Frank, you got to be thinking to yourself, they're just going to kill me when I'm in there or I'm going to die in there. It's one of the two. So I might as well go out with a clear conscience. <laughs> it's terrible. Wow. Just. Wow. So that was that whole thing. It that, wasn't exactly it, as it was advertised, but. It's just incredible to see the 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 movement and, the, you know, the, the reaction. And it, it's just also obvious how this this is set up to operate. And there's no other reason for its operation except to perpetuate its existence and to protect its members and punish people so yeah to punish people and to protect the country club's members that's it yeah it's just it's just sick <laughs> i would say or Devin archer i mean i i don't know i yeah i don't know they the banks filed over 170 suspicious activity reports on the bidens during all of this and none of them were, were followed up on. None of them. And then you've got Chris Coons. Listen, listen to this. 
you this. Do you think it would behoove the president for him to come out and say, hey, I had no business dealings with my son. My son's issues are my son's issues. Do you think he needs to say that more directly? Because there's a lot of people that believe something something else will happen. Well, let's be clear about that point, Chuck. There's been a five-year investigation, five years, by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Again. Um, this invest- we didn't politicize. The Justice Department isn't politicized. But every time we talk about it, we're going to say who appointed the U.S. attorney that is doing the investigation. It's not politicized, though. Don't worry about it. Like, they're, they're, they're reaffirming the politicization every time they say that. Well, they're reaffirming that they only have politics on the mind because when when uh, when it puts distance between them and any kind of blame for whatever, they go and they pull politics in uh, and assign it to the other person. And then, of course, there's nothing political about when uh, about any of any of the operations they run, even though they really control the whole damn thing. And, uh, and And, you know, aside from Trump appointing one thing or another, was it? Was it ever really? Was it? I mean, who was he appointing? Was it ever really something? I, I, I mean, it seems like it's always their people. Yeah, it doesn't really it was matter. Always their people. Can I just say too, if you've got this whole like side top head bald side thing going, just shave your head. Bald men are great. Just shave your head. You don't need to be looking like a clown. Anyway. I know that's stupid, but it just bothers me. Investigation started during the Trump administration, and they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Let me ask you. What? what? Just want to put that out there. Not one shred of evidence. Not one. Well, hey, listen, there's not one smidge of corruption at the IRS under Barack Obama, Lois Lerner. I think he used the word smidge or smidgen. It's just, listen, it, they they open their mouth and sounds come out. And the sound becomes truth for many people. And then there's this thing, Frank, because this this whole virtue signaling, sitting up on your, on your throne of virtue and talking about the, this, you got... Listen. But Scott Jennings, the president has made being a family man yeah. a central part of his political identity. Uh, it's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. The, the ignoring his own daughter the, for four years and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog I mean, the and not for his seventh grandchild. Okay, look, okay. Can, we, can also have some, we can also have sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Let's right. keep this conversation right. respectful. I, 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 listen. <laughs> listen, yeah, the story of Hunter Biden is just a, a poor guy who just stumbled upon crack one day and couldn't put it down. We, 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 we can have sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction, ignore that they have a daughter, don't support the daughter, and don't take care of their responsibilities. Let's keep it respectful for those deadbeat dads, okay? Well, listen. Let's keep I, it respectful. If that were the case, if, listen, if, you, if, if someone of that character is presented in any public way to a community, to a group of friends. We're human beings. It is very, I don't know anybody who would happen upon a person like Hunter Biden with all those things going for him and not pass some sort of judgment, even if it is just judgment passed in their hearts and they don't say anything. Now, outside of that, all of that personal depravity 
is just the icing on the cake for what we see is an international influence peddling operation here, dealing with foreign spy chiefs of declared enemies. Uh, and and to, to see that sex and prostitution is mixed in to all of that stuff. The father, the father who at that point was either a senator or a vice president, denying anything going on and then seeing that there's actual commissions being kicked up, kicked up the ladder to him. I mean, this, this is the real stuff here. Adding the sex and the drugs and the incest and all that other stuff that defines a person's character is just icing on this shitty cake so i mean the fact that they they focus in on that to then say let's just try to keep all the personal attacks aside and deal with the matter at hand i said oh no this is listen it's fair game when you are living a, a level of public interest a level of uh of uh, public um you know i i should say a public life at that level um but you can't separate one from the other. This is not just about a guy who had a, you know, a, a back page account and had a problem with hookers and and crack cocaine and is bringing personal private shame to the Biden family. I mean, this is a an integral bag man for a uh, at least the Biden wing of the overall crime network that is our government. Because I hate when people call it the Biden crime family. This is not. Please stop making them sound cool. These are bottom feeders, and it, and if they weren't tied to people who were bigger than them, then they would have been flushed a long time ago. It's leverage. That's all. Here's the rest of what this guy has to say to her. Listen, I, I totally agree. And you know where I'm from? A lot of families deal with addiction. And you know who ends up picking up the pieces? The grandparents. And in this case, the grandparents would not acknowledge this little girl. It is offensive, but the bottom line is- But they have now. The poll, oh, what a hero. The polling must have been yeah, brutal. Just the making polling sure must have been the brutal. Facts are no, no just making sure the facts are there, guys, okay? They have acknowledged, the they have acknowledged the existence of a granddaughter. Let's just put that up. Freak, yappy dog, newswoman freak. How many people do you know walked back their reporting or coverage on Pizzagate? Oh, what, what, uh, you mean like just? In, I I think a lot of people abandoned it just because of the just because of the the attacks. The full, well, I don't. I I I think there's. What are you What are you, what are you talking about? Like well, something that discredits it? Well, yeah. I mean, people who were very vociferously yelling about it, myself included. Um, I never I never said that it wasn't real. It it was clearly real. I mean, we had. That whistleblower that came forward, that guy that did all that, he basically ethically hacked into the server, found all those files, brought them to the police. There were numerous things. I mean, the Instagram, the Elephantis Instagram, um, he actually came for me in, on vote back in the day, James Elephantis, because we were talking about this so much. And he was, and then Megyn Kelly did the interview with him and, and, and basically he said, this is all ridiculous. We don't even have a basement untrue. Anyway, the well the issue is tracy when the cost becomes too high to bear um people i mean regardless of what the what real solid leads for a story are right out in front of you uh, the, the cost becomes too too much to bear for some people and it, it can become overwhelming for anybody that you actually start longing for a time when you can just 
you, you, you just think about a quieter time in your life, you, your family, when you didn't feel hunted, when you don't have that anxiety, when you know that you've touched a nerve that you wish after a while, you wish you just didn't touch because you didn't get anybody to support you. You just became a pariah and it became more and more dangerous. You know, that wasn't I, necessarily I, the case with Pizzagate, but that's not the point. The point isn't to chastise anybody for doing it. The point is ex-network investigative journalist pleads guilty to child sexual abuse material charges. The most heinous and disgusting of child sexual abuse material text messages saying, have you ever um, raped a two-year-old? It's amazing. Just disgusting, depraved, gross nonsense. He was one of the people who led the charge on discrediting Pizzagate. Surprise effing surprise. James Gordon Meek, 53 of Arlington, Virginia, admitted during a plea hearing in district court that he illegally possessed and transported images of child sex sexual abuse. He covered national security issues for the network until he resigned. As part of the plea, he admitted he used an iPhone to exchange the illicit materials, including a video showing the sexual abuse of an infant. And he, should, he, should just, he should just be killed. He should just be... He should have been just... I mean, he should have just been killed. Yeah, I hope... And I, I hope... He, but the, the, and the fact that he won't be, oh, maybe somebody will kill him on the inside. That, that'll be, they don't like might. it very much. Yeah, I hope, I hope there. He's, he's killed slowly. He went to South Carolina in 2020 to um, meet up with an underage person. This is, I just, I can't. Um, all I'm saying is everybody that backed down because of the threats and everything else because of this guy who was actually guilty of doing the very thing that he was destroying other people for exposing. And it was true the entire time. Yeah. And, and these people, and, and again, you know, these people are the ones who kind of, they get caught and they go outside of, they, they get, they just fall outside of that protective inner circle and they fall outside of that. And they're and never, never brought back in again. I mean, the people, no, there's no honor well, amongst thieves. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is a guy who outlived his usefulness. I mean, dude, obviously he he lived a very protected lifestyle for a long time. And the CIA and the FBI, they fell in line to make sure that he was kept in business for as long as possible. But after a while, you outlive that usefulness, you're cut loose, and, um, and, and that's just it. There's no one piece is more important than the whole. the whole yeah and in the meantime in the meantime these are the people who for a time are given leverage to bring down an incredible amount of heat and um and 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 problems for people who are on to stories like pizzagate like all of the buried real nuggets of information that are inside of those massive massive stories it's um I'll never forget that 2015, 2016. It was crazy. Um, this, I'm going to put a disclaimer out before we start this next one, Frank, okay? <laughs> one day, all of us are going to go back home to heaven or wherever it is that you may believe we go after we die. And nobody knows when that day will be. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be in 60 years for all we know. 
I would caution everybody to remember that and not to stress out over everything that comes out. Like things we have zero control over whatsoever, right, Frank? Like zero control over certain things. Like this story that came out. We have zero control over this stuff. Here. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this. First at 11, this one is tough to believe. An investigation tonight into a possible illegal medical lab. It was operating out of an abandoned warehouse in Reedley. Inside, mice bioengineered to incubate the COVID-19 virus. The lab was discovered near I and 9th Streets. 30 refrigerators and freezers, some broken, were found filled with bodily fluids. Health officials tell us they are shocked at the biological house of horror. CBS 47's Juanita Adame live in studio with the shocking details tonight. Well, Brian, this story is so complicated. There are local, state, and federal agencies all involved. Now, what prompted this investigation was a simple garden hose that was illegally attached and coming out of the back of a building. It was back in April inside this abandoned warehouse in Reedley that a discovery so shocking was made that it left local health officials stunned. This is a, a truly unusual situation. I've been in government for 25 years. I've never seen anything like this. I've never have seen this in my 26 year career with the county of Fresno. What was supposed to be an empty building used only for storage was home to an unauthorized lab testing facility, something no one had even conceived of. We um, reach out to our local public health directors throughout the state, um, California, and there's really nobody has really expressed this type type of interaction with a unlicensed lab. So it is something new. The discovery was made after a local code enforcement officer noticed this garden hose poking out a back wall of the building. If this garden hose was never found, that lab would have been working. Nobody would have any idea. Goodness knows what they're cooking up inside there. Talk, talk, talk about a, an allegory for Pizzagate. Right? The garden hoses that were found. I didn't even put that together. It just so happened to work out that way. <laughs> but it goes on. I mean, there's more to this I think we should listen to. But my point about it is, you guys out there, you can't... Again, they would never... This would have been... There's probably thousands of this, these things going on around, okay? We'll, we're never going to be able to do anything about all of them. And the people that are supposed to be doing something about them want them to be around. So it's not like we we just have to live our lives and not stress. Like the, the new study that just came out about how there are aerosolized uh, antibodies coming out of the vax, that it's a preprint. It hasn't been published yet. For at least 24 hours after vaccination, they're emitting antibodies from their from their breath. You don't know, you can't live in fear walking around. You can't. It would be the same as somebody still wearing a mask because of COVID because they don't know what's out there. You have to just live your life. At some point, we have to say, we have to live our lives the way that, the way that we're going to live them. And God has his plan because there's no, ruining everything by stressing out stuff like this that you have zero control over at all. Like, it's not like you can go and vote men who put the hose outside the building out of office. That man did that, whoever he is or she is, because they're looking to do something to the global population and they're doing it in this. Life. I don't know what the purpose of this was. My, You get my point, though, right? I mean, yes. Can you imagine if we these are such unknowns and such things that we don't have? Like. What are we going to do? I don't know. Just everybody stay away from me. Literally. Well, you can just live in your basement with that floaty bag behind you just and never don't leave. come anywhere near me everybody 
everybody never ever come anywhere near me it was very... I'm living the rest of my life in this basement with my flapping bag <laughs> with just me and my bag down here i had been bad <laughs> all right anyway um i forgot what i was gonna say completely forgot frankly uh we knew that that shouldn't be there and when she went to go investigate she found that there was activity or operation or something happening within that building the city then obtained several search warrants to enter the building once inside no staff was located but there was a special room that was built housing about a thousand mice a thousand white lab mice and the reason the mice were in the lab was jaw-dropping through their statements um, that they were doing some um, some testing on laboratory mice there that would help them support uh, developing the COVID test kits that they had on site. Oh. Documents show the lab was also being used to produce pregnancy tests. 200 of the nearly 1,000 mice were already dead. According to court documents, all the rodents were being caged in, quote, inhumane conditions. Also found thousands of vials, many of which contained biohazards, materials including human blood, unidentified tissue, and other unknown substances. A lot of these are being classified under unknown chemicals. Labels had been removed from bottles, so there was only certain testing we could... Seems on the up and up, right, Frank? I mean, they're probably just running their little... Okay, but listen, what... Now we have the hose, we have the contents of the warehouse, we have a pretty good idea of what the operation was being run. Who's running it? The Chinese. It was, so they have, they have arrested Chinese people that were there? Well, mysterious Chinese COVID lab uncovered in city of Ridley, California, right near the military base, by the way. How, how do they know it was Chinese, though? Because a Chinese company owned it. A Chinese company owned the warehouse? Yeah, in the lab. Okay. Was there, were there any arrests made? Well, there's court documents. I'm not sure if they've arrested anyone. This was back in April that this was found. Hold on. Let's see here. There, there are 900 genetically engineered mice inside. Thousands of package boxes, many with shipping labels from China. Many, uh, at least 20 potentially infectious agents, including coronavirus, HIV, hepatitis, and herpes. Um, yeah. Prestige Biotech was the tenant, a company registered in Nevada and unlicensed for business in California. Um, city officials spoke with Zhu Quin Yu, who was identified as the company president through emails included in the court documents. I would love. Oh man, the cleaning. I, you know, I am a, I'm a guy who loves throwing things away. I love it. I, I'm the opposite of a hoarder. I will go into a department store and think about all the things I could buy just to throw it out eventually. I love it. And if you were to give me the opportunity to clean up this country, I would have such a fun time because the work would be endless. First of all, to end every last penny of foreign aid to every country and organization. and Oh, can uh, we do a wish list before the show ends? I'm excited about oh, this. God, I would, I, would, I, would, I would love to end the foreign aid. I would love to cancel every contract that every American, uh, every American university, especially that takes any kind of, uh, any kind of federal grant money or whatever like that, 
any contract. I want them all voided that they make with Chinese, uh, you know, laboratories or whatever the hell. I want it all done. I would love axing every connection that we have to inappropriate connection that we have to the outside world. I would love it. All the the fact that the Chinese are in every laboratory in this country, like like subletted, like there are Starbucks inside of a uh, inside of a Target or something like that. Oh man, I would just have so it would be it would be so fun. I have a whole bunch of other things I'd like to add to that list, but we've yes, Brad in the chat room. I we would be oh, yeah. out of we would be out of the UN. We oh. would be out of NATO. Oh, it would be incredible. Before we go, hold on. Before we go, I have, you want to see the UN? Hold on. Oh, that UN, that terrible UN building in New York. Oh, come on. Really? I turn it into a giant laser tag facility. You go to the UN building in Manhattan. You could play laser tag. Uh, a mul multiple levels of it. We would have every level would be a different theme. One would be like a broken down airport with some kind of a zombie theme. Then you'd have oh, it would be great. I, Star I, Starship I, troopers. I searched for UN on Twitter to find this clip, and a whole bunch of porn came up. I searched for my my news outlet WMBF the other day. You should see what came up when I searched WMBF. WM as in Mary, B as in boy, F as in Frank. Think about the letters. W-M-V-F? B as in boy. W-M-B-F. W-M-B-F. What? How? how I'm trying to think of how you can make that sexual. A bunch of naked pictures of African-American women doing horrible things that I never wanted to see in my life. What? Yeah, terrible. Just looking for my news network. I don't, I, listen. Explicit? I mean, but exclusively oh, oh. African-American women? Yes. Black female. B-F. WM. White male, black female. Oh, white male. Oh. I had to figure it out because it was driving oh, me Oh, so nuts. what is it like? Interracial just, just like porn, basically. All racial, uh, like violent stuff? It was, it was gross. Like, I was like, what the hell is on my screen right it now? Is, I'm just looking for know. the news. Well, don't put, don't ever put acronyms into that's, a- That's the name of the news station. It's oh, <laughs> like I wasn't. Oh, I'm. Was, it's like how. It's like don't put acronyms into a Google ever. Here, watch. Don't the you screen. know everything is sexual? Watch the screen. Just watch the screen. Watch this. This is video of a UN vehicle and a, a woman in a red dress mounting a gentleman in the back seat, having sexual interactions with him as they drive down the street. There's your UN for you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully she's of age because the UN is, uh, I mean, they're, they're some of the biggest child traffickers in the, in the world. Wait, somebody's saying this video is fake. Is it? Well, thankfully it just looks like a lap dance. It didn't look like anything was actually. Huh. That's interesting. Wow, look at that. Funny how, what? So it's not real? I don't know. <laughs> this is what Mitt Romney was talking about. <laughs> you have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with 
Frankie Val in the the basement and <laughs> beans you can hear us every monday wednesday and friday at 2 30 eastern time on TuneIn, stitcher apple itunes google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, spotify and radioinfluence.com also monday wednesday and friday 8 30 a.m live broadcasting on rumble getter and twitter and make sure you check out frank's show monday through friday at 7 p.m on quite frankly.tv and also on rumble we'll be back wednesday with attorney general andrew bailey peace